Let us pray. Father God, as we come before your word, I just pray that your spirit abides with us, that you give us ears to hear and faces that can see the glorious truth about what we're here to celebrate, that this is a foretaste of a greater truth, a greater marriage celebration to come. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Things are about to change for you. As it stands right now, Kyle and Hannah are not married. Right now they are this one and that one. But soon the two shall become a new one. And this will change a great many things, both for them and for others as well. While these two arrived as members of separate households from one another, God will establish a new household in our midst, a married pair. Not just Kyle, not just Hannah, but Kyle with Hannah, husband and wife. Weddings mark a passing away of one kind of life and a flourishing of something new. A wedding is actually a beginning. A wedding is a day of creation established by God who creates through the power of his word. While you will hear my voice pronounce them husband and wife, it will ultimately not be me creating something new. I am powerless to do that. It will be God who will be giving both you, Kyle, and you, Hannah, a gift. So this is a day of new beginnings. And yet new beginnings always tear at something that once was. For example, when I began this sermon, what did I do? My voice tore through the silence that preceded it. I had to break that quiet moment in order to begin something new. When you two are married before us in a few moments, you will be uniquely torn from the household life that you knew beforehand in order to set forth in building out your own new household. Kyle, you will no longer primarily be a son of your family's household. Hannah, you will no longer primarily be a daughter of your family's household. Those things will both still be true of you, but rather a new household is being created by God in our midst today. And God will call upon you to give this new household primacy in your life. You will emerge from this place in a way that will forever change the remainder of your life. We see this first marital beginning in, Genesis, in the Genesis passage we just heard read. When the Lord God tore into Adam's body to secure a rib and used that rib to create a woman in whom Adam could marry. But actually, that's not entirely what the Hebrew says there. The original Hebrew actually says that the Lord God took a rib from Adam and built a woman for Adam. That's an odd way to talk about making a woman. That God built Eve for Adam. But God is a God who loves to build things new in his creation. Kyle and Hannah, I want you both to appreciate the fact that God is providing for you both something he built today. Because Kyle, you did not create Hannah. God actually created Hannah and God used a great many others in a variety of ways to make Hannah the woman that she is today. Kyle, you were not around when she was born. 
You were not appointed to help shape the early building of her character, the foundational building blocks of her life. Those were all set in motion by people, by factors, by friends and family that were beyond you at first. In one sense, it's fair to say, just like Adam in the passage, you were in a sleep, not knowing that God was preparing and building this woman for you. And so, Kyle, you are receiving a gift that God took care to build for you. And your lifelong response to this gift must be gratitude. Not just gratitude for Hannah, but more importantly for the God who prepared Hannah for you. If you leave this place today and love the gift of Hannah until you're old and gray and pass on in death, but you never draw closer to the God who has given you, her to you in the first place, you have missed something. You have missed a big part of the plot. And God, the gracious giver of her to you, Kyle, he has a job for you today. He asks you to love Hannah as he has loved her so that you might continue building her up in the Lord. And so as you emerge from this place, God wants you to not just enjoy and protect Hannah, but to build her up in ways that are pleasing to him. You are to shower her with love. You are to be patient with her. You are to be kind with her. You are not to be arrogant or rude. You are not to insist on your own way. You are not to carry resentment. You're not to be irritable towards her. You're not to rejoice in wrongdoing to her. No, rather, you are to bear her burdens, to build her up in the hope of Christ and endure suffering for her sake. In short, you are to help her more richly know the God who has been hard at work building her for you. And so, for as both as you shall, both shall live, God has this work for you. And if you ever forget that list, all you have to do is reread the New Testament passage that was just read to us as well. And Hannah, you are not just some construction project for Kyle, but as Kyle strives to build you up in love, you too are to build him up in love because you too have a unique role to play in God's plan of ultimately building up Kyle. God wants to use you to help shape Kyle into a Kyle who still resembles the man we know and appreciate today and love today and the one that you desire to marry but also one who grows and matures through your love to more deeply love his generous creator as an, a byproduct. God was preparing Kyle for you, even though you too were also unaware of it for quite some time. God was using the circumstances of Kyle's life, the people in Kyle's life, the friends, the family, the members, in order to prepare him for you. So you both have a building project and the basic plans are to love one another. But also, even more importantly, to help each other love the master builder who brought you to both together. And it's easy at first, and I speak from experience in my own wedding day, we get exciting, excited about building out our relationships with one another. There's a reason why for TV channels, there's TV channels dedicated to fixer-uppers and fixing up places. Building projects can be a lot of fun. And yet the building project you are about to undertake, I must warn you, is a lifelong fixer-upper. You're both wonderful people, but you're both lifelong fixer-uppers. <laughs> you both begin today needing God's help. 
Well, I technically understood this idea the day I got married. My love was far less mature. I knew the building projects in the relationship I wanted to work on. In one sense, the rooms, the, the, the things, the patterns of life I wanted fixed. And I'm sure my wife could tell you uh, some of the building projects she hoped that would be worked out in me and, and some of the rooms she wanted to see fixed. And yet, after a few years in, some of those rooms didn't look any different in our relationship. The things that I thought I wanted to change and I so badly thought this person needs to change in this way, they, they didn't look any different. And so what are you to do with that? The reality is you have to realize I, I for too long in my marriage refused to recognize that God had given my bride, the bride that he built up for me, certain particular qualities, not so that she would be changed by me, but so that I would be changed by her. Learn that lesson. Not everything you would like to see changed in the other individual. God plans to build up in the other individual, but some of those qualities he will use in order to build you up. I'd also like to point out one final key point. This relationship and all the relationships, uh, marriage relationships here, were built out on conditions. For instance... If Kyle had, you know, yelled at all, all the old people, elderly people all the time, and every dog he saw, and he was like nine feet tall and 500 pounds, I don't think we'd get here today. There were conditions in your relationship that there were qualities that you saw in one another, aspects to your personality, kindness, these sorts of things, these, these qualities, these conditions in your relationship that... As you continue to know one another and see that in one another, you continue to draw closer to one another. Human love is often conditional love. And yet, that's not God's kind of love. It's, it's God's love is actually a love that, at first, is a love that is found in an unconditional kind of love. You see this, for instance, in the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus. He is doing nothing of faithful life. He's actually on, the, on a pathway to, to murder God's chosen people. And yet, the unconditional love of God meets the Apostle Paul on a road to Damascus and totally changes his life. Why do I bring this up? What is my point here? Well, so, you know, when you guys started dating, you, you probably worried about how you smelled and, and the perfumes or the colognes and what you were wearing, and you wanted to, to kind of put a facade on. And you, and you kind of slowly reveal to someone, yeah, I'm not exactly that person, but you, you, you have a controlled kind of uh, breakdown of what you look like before the other individual. And, and so, again, your relationship was established by conditionals. But actually, if you look at the marriage vows... If you consider the marriage vows that you're about to make, there are unconditional marriage vows. Sickness and health, better and worse, until death do us part. And that means that's a godlike love. That's an unconditional kind of love. 
And so that's why you need to have God in your relationship. All the other major world religions, from Buddhism to Islam to even Judaism, because they see Moses as their founder. Their founder was married. They had a married relationship. Jesus Christ is the only founder of any major religion who was never married. And the reason why he wasn't married was because he wanted to be married to both of you forever through his unconditional love for you. He wanted to change you. He wanted that love to change you, that married love. Jesus' desire to be married to those he saves without any condition whatsoever. He loves in a way that's distinct from the average person, and so that's why you are going to need to draw upon him for your marriage. So Christ first loved us before there was anything found in us worthy of love. In Christ's marriage to us, we witness the apex and the climax of truest marital love. A bridegroom dying for his bride. Jesus allowing his body to be torn apart. Why? So something new might be created through the tearing down of his body. So that his one sinful bride might have a new beginning set free from sin once and for all, and to be found as a new creation with him, headed to a place he is now preparing for both of you and for all those who believe. Again, the vows you're about to make with one another, they are unconditional vows. And yet we've already admitted on our own we are fixer-uppers. We don't perfectly love like that. To varying degrees, degrees, we all place conditions on one another. You're going to need the help of the only one who can perfectly and unconditionally say, I love you just because I love you. Not because of anything you first did or anything first found in you. I love you just because I wanted to love you. We all need that in this life. We're all searching for a love like that in our life. And until we rest in Jesus, we don't have that love. Jesus offers it to us all here and now. So let us be changed by his unconditional love. Let that unconditional love inspire your marriage and and leave here loving him. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you prepared a son for us. When we sinned, when we fell away, when we walked away in our transgressions, you had a plan of redemption. You had a plan to still marry and secure a bride for yourself. And you gave the best that you had, your son. And you allowed him to be torn apart so that something new might be created, the grace we needed to be saved by his blood. And now he has left us. He will come back for us. But he is preparing a place for us. What a wonderful thing for us to rest in. And we thank you that you continue to meet us in our life and build out for us relationships, people, and even in marriage, individuals who help build us up, who help us draw us closer to Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.